This is the Chandler Anderson Show, providing the community with nonpartisan, reliable information regarding medical issues of the day. I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. Text the show to 931 each week, we recognize a Citizen of the Week for outstanding contributions to the community. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, presented by RightCare. Hell, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for some, but I'm not for everyone. Yeah, I'm good for some, but I'm not for everyone. All right, working through some stuff with the new equipment here. So, all right, folks, welcome in. It is Tuesday night, and it's the Chandler Anderson Show. We're going to talk tonight about um, abuses of healthcare providers and why that is completely and utterly unacceptable. Uh, Mike, I got a little clip I wanted to play to get started. If you'll go ahead and play that. I'm here to help when you need it most. Coordinating your care, listening to and supporting you and your loved ones through your recovery. And this is how you treat me. Up to 95% of our healthcare workers have experienced verbal or physical assault. No matter what the situation, it's never okay. Folks, what you just heard is a staggering fact. Up to 97% of healthcare workers, security, environmental services, nursing, physicians, x ray, respiratory, everyone in between, has experienced some degree of assault from a patient. Now, there's, there's two different ways of looking at this. One is, you know, obviously we have to have a game plan when we're going in to take care of these folks that we know are maybe psychotic, they may be um, mentally ill, they may have things going on that they can't help. That That is a preparation problem. Then you have just plain old degenerates, there's no other word for it, who aren't psychotic and who aren't um, mentally ill acutely they are just terrible human beings who do terrible things to other people because they think they're entitled to so this show is going to be very frank and it's going to probably hurt some people's feelings but the truth is i'm tired of seeing my fellow providers get beat up and i'm tired of seeing people that work hard every day go to work and worry about am i going to get slapped today am i going to get spit on today am i going to get cussed out today I'm going to read through, and, and you know, what's amazing to me is once we start talking about this, people go, does that really happen? Yeah, it happens every day. I've got a little echo mic, I don't know what it is. Um, so it happens every day. It, it happens a lot in the ER, but it also happens on the med surge floor. It happens in the NICUs. It happens in the home care setting as far as home health. It happens in the ICU, especially right now where people are losing their loved ones. Uh, it happens on the OB, LD, LD floors. Um, it happens everywhere that healthcare is delivered. 
And so I'm going to read through some of the things that have happened around the country. And then I want to read through uh, and give you some experiences that have happened that I've personally been involved with. Um, You may say to yourself, was this just a COVID problem? No. I talked to a news reporter this last week about what happened to one of my staff members and friends. And he said, well, do you think this is because of COVID and people being isolated? And I said, no. This has been going on since the birth of the field of nursing and the field of medicine. People have been abusing those who take care of them for a long, long time. And it's not anything new. And as much as people would like to blame it on COVID, it's not COVID-related. For example, March 18, 2021, Kamara who was eight months pregnant, was trying to calm and restrain a belligerent patient who did not have COVID. He was screaming and trying to jump off his gurney. He looked at her, made a racial slur, and said, I have an AK-47 at my house. I'm going to bring it back and shoot you right in the face. When somebody tells you that, you should believe them. Because it's too late after they do it, after they come back and show up and actually shoot someone in the face. It's a little too late then to say, well, we should have done something about this sooner. We have to be proactive. And when patients say things like that, we can't just blow them off and say, well, you know, maybe they didn't really mean what they were saying. Because when they come back with a weapon, it's too late. Also, April 2019, well before COVID hit our shores. COVID hit our shores in 2020. Lynn alone, a 56-year-old nurse, 56, nine years away from retirement probably, at a hospital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, one of the best healthcare systems around in Louisiana. They've got some really good hospitals down there. Um, if you ever watch Netflix, check out the show The Pharmacist. It talks about how they truly try to clean up the opioid problem and was well ahead of it, uh, of other states. I think it may be me, Mike, echoing just a little. Um, she went in and had to save another nurse by pulling away a patient who was attacking her fellow nurse. She went in to be helpful and to be a good team member because she saw her fellow nurse being attacked. And what did she get for her trouble? The man turned on Lynn, grabbed her by the neck, struck her head on a desk. Lynn died from that. She died from it. 56-year-old nurse. Probably became a nurse in her 20s. So 30 years she spent taking care of other people. To die at the hands of a patient. That's not what we get out of bed in the mornings to go do. Kamara, the young lady I talked about earlier, um, she, after she started working in the emergency department, the police brought in a man. He was aggressive, pacing back and forth, singing loudly obviously mentally ill right 
security was trying to calm him down, and all of a sudden he ran out of his room into another. Now think about this. The other patients were terrified. And, and as somebody that's been in the ER when people have acted crazy, it scares everybody. Those other patients are scared. You know, recently here in our own hospital, I had a friend. A patient was screaming and yelling, and the nurse just went in and said, hey, there's a little baby next door, and you're scaring them. Well, the person didn't care. You can imagine what they said about the baby and what the baby could go do. So this, this patient ran into another room. Security chased him. And let's not forget, when we're talking about health care providers, that includes security. Security has a heck of a job. Sometimes there's just two, maybe three people to cover a huge hospital. And some of these guys are older. I mean, I remember when I worked in the ER, security sometimes was sheriff's deputies, off-duty deputies. And Steve Magram, Steve Magram worked in the ER. That's when it was the old ER. It was a little square. You know, we could kind of see all the aspects of it. But, you know, it it absolutely um, is impossible for them to be everywhere all the time and to, I think I fixed it, um, and to expect them to be is just unreasonable. Um, but security chased this man as he ran out into the hallway, knocking down items in his path, ivy poles, crash carts, anything in his way, he just knocked to the floor, is what Comer said. He dashed down the back door into the parking lot as the staff called 911 because security was overwhelmed at that point. More police arrived, and some were injured trying to restrain the man. He started jumping on one of my coworkers' cars. He got on the roof of the car and started jumping and jumping until the roof fell in. He fell into the car and was continued, continually agitated. He started punching everything. He literally totaled the car. He did it with his bare hands. He busted the windshield, and he w- ripped out wiring. And he was going to be my patient, Karma says. When he was admitted to the hospital, nurses were scared to go around him. I want to touch on that to say, a lot of times people say, yeah, there's mentally ill people and this is going to happen. You've got to have a plan. The onus for that is on the organization. Coach Mike, as a coach, right? That's why we call him Coach Mike, right? And we'll call him yep. Bartender Mike or you know Cook Mike. We call him Coach Mike. You gotta have a game plan, and we used to have that. We have it for CPR when we know that there's a code coming in from from the ambulance. I can't tell you how many times Jim Holly would say, "All right, Chandler, you're gonna you're gonna do the defibrillator. Pam, you're gonna give meds. Leah, you're gonna chart." Everybody had a role. Everybody knew what that role was, and things went smoothly. We got to do that when we have agitated patients. You get the meds. You protect the other patients. You make sure the staff is okay because somebody needs to sit there and watch and make sure that the patient doesn't take a swing at the staff member who's trying to give a shot. And I will say this. I do rounds at a psychiatric hospital. And they do a really good job of this. And and they are getting better and better at it. At identifying roles 
and who does what in a crisis. Because if you don't, you're going to lose control of that situation. When patients start to dictate what happens, chaos ensues, and it does. And then you have, regretfully, you have people who want to be a hero, and they try to help, and they get in the way. We have it handled. I know it doesn't look like it, but we have it handled, so just step away. There's there's also the idea that you got to have a, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, a fallback plan. Yes. One of the things I learned as a coach, and I'm sure you guys figured it out as well as planning. You said, yes, you have a plan. But understand, in 34 years of coaching, my original plan, I can count on one hand <laughs> the number of times my original plan went like I planned it. You have to have a set like of my vacation. <laughs> I have planned. I have you planned know. to do the show yeah. on vacation next week. By the yeah. way, I'm going to zoom in yeah. because okay. I guarantee you, after one day at the water park, I will be ready to go home. Yeah. So I will zoom in at six, Mike. Okay. But I promise you, something will go wrong. So but, just have uh, to show. Yeah. Up. Just get, we just got to be ready for that. But uh, but yeah, you you, you got to be ready for what for the contingencies and a fallback plan to where okay, if something does go. You know, th- here's the here's our fundamentals. Here's our fundamental rules of operation, our fundamental rules of emergency. And um, and you know, we did that. You know, w- w- again, with in a game of football, it was okay. When all else fails, we're going to do this, right? And it was usually you know four or five of our best plays or, or whatever because we knew we could handle this. We knew we could do this. And I'm sure you guys with in the medical profession have a have a similar. Okay, this is the original plan, but say your person that's got to got to get the medicines, they they're the one that gets injured. Right. Somebody's got to have a, you know the, who's the next one that's got to go get that well, go get that I mean, stuff. And and I'm sure you know have the fallback plan as well. The ones that don't have that fallback plan are oh, the usually ones the ones hurt. that lose control, right. or lose control of the situation, or uh, get hurt, like you said. Well, and and regretfully, the fallback plan was usually Chandler will lay on top of them, and Jim will give them medicine. Because <laughs> <laughs> our plan B didn't work very well. <laughs> well, actually, our plan B always worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but all right. Another thing that happens is sometimes people just choose nurses. Because they seem like a good target. You heard the opening ad. The guy stabbed. Oh, no, we're going to get to it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We didn't get to that one yet. Yeah. Play that clip real quick. Y'all listen into this. This lady had multiple surgeries. You won't be able to see the video, but she has in the video a repair all the way from her left wrist all the way up to her underarm. And listen why she has that huge suture line attacked by a patient at a Southridge hospital is showing off her scars in hopes of preventing it from happening again. Harrington Hospital nurse Elise Wilson was severely injured when a patient armed with a knife stabbed her multiple times in the arm and the neck. Wilson is now using her story to help push through new legislation called Elise's Law, which would require health care employers to develop workplace violence prevention plans. Her husband is actually going to testify tomorrow at the State House. The 24-year-old man accused of attacking the nurse says he did it as revenge for what he called unsatisfactory treatment at that hospital lisa first attacked by now think about that what was his reason again mike unsatisfactory service at a hospital and how now, he made that judgment is now question, let that sink in question let that sink in i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that guy probably didn't have a 
PhD in medicine or pharmacy, I should say, PharmD, um, or an MD or an RN or an LPN or a tech, um, he probably has a perception of what he thinks the service ought to be. And because he didn't get that, instead of being a mature adult and going home and writing a letter to the CEO of the hospital, yeah, he decided to take a knife and stab a woman in the arm and in the neck. Reach up and feel your neck. You'll feel a pulsation. Had he have hit that, that lady would be dead. That is the society we live in today. I'm not even at my stuff yet. Let's, let's talk about what happened right here in Nashville. A violent early, I'm going to read this article. A violent early morning attack on employees in the elevator of a hospital parking garage has left staff at Ascension St. Thomas Midtown Shaken, the old Baptist. It was around 6.15 in the morning Wednesday, a terrifying way to start a shift for this nurse that doesn't want to be identified. I was coming down the steps, and there were Metro police officers there and a couple of other staff that I overheard say they had been hit in the face, she explained. Once she got to her unit, the nurse found out there were more victims, colleagues in the ER, being treated after random attacks in the parking garage elevator. One was knocked out completely, and the other was hit in the mouth repeatedly, and her teeth were knocked kind of loose. Metro Police said 67-year-old Larry Brown rode the elevator up and down, randomly assaulting at least five female employees of the hospital by striking them in the head or face with his fist. Police say Brown also punched a St. Thomas Midtown security guard in the head before being taken into custody. After this, I'm pretty terrified to walk out to my car, the nurse said. The nurse, who has worked for St. Thomas for more than a decade, said there have been issues in the garage before, including a number of car break-ins. Think about that, guys. This girl was going to work. Got up that morning, drank her coffee, took a shower, got dressed, made sure her scrubs were pressed, Got in the car, fought traffic, got to work, only to find out her co-workers were in the ER because somebody thought it was okay to attack nurses. We'll be back after this break, and we'll talk about what our state did. And i got to give Bill Lee credit for this because they did something right. So we'll be back after this break, folks. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. Folks, the Right Care Walking Clinic, located in front of Walmart, is open 11 to 11 every day of the week. If your kid gets sick when you get home from work and your child needs to be seen but your provider's office is closed, come see us. We see children, adults, geriatric folks. Folks, we've been open 10 years and we stay late so you don't have to wait at the emergency room to get the care that you deserve, the right care. We're open 11 to 11 every day in front of Walmart, Columbia, Tennessee. 
Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. Do you know Tillis Jewelry creates custom, one-of-a-kind pieces that are available in our store now? Hello, this is Rick Tillis, and that's right. We are known for our custom designs. We create jewelry using old mine-cut or European-cut diamonds to rare-colored gemstones. We create these custom pieces for each season. I'm sure you can find something for yourself or a loved one. Stop by our showroom and try on a Tillis Jewelry custom piece today. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to view our designs and much more. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. Started listening to your station and everybody likes it. It's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. We absolutely love it. Here we go. I'm like Scotch inside a girl band. I'm like Eastside Towns and Zan. I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. You're listening to The Chandler Anderson Show. Contact the show via text at 931-446-7865. But I'm not for All right, guys, we're back. We're talking about violence against healthcare providers. And, you know, it, it's not only against nurses, it's against everyone involved. It's against physicians. Uh, it happens a lot in the ER. In fact, um, the American Journal Managed Care, in an article in May 12th of 2019, uh, said 75% of the annual reported 25,000 workplace assaults occur in healthcare settings. 
Those are the ones that are reported. Most go unreported. Less than 3% go unreported or go reported. You know why? Because hospitals don't want to step out on a limb and risk hurting somebody's feelings or hurting a family member's feelings um, so they let their staff get abused. Well, I can't sit on the air, but when it comes to abusing my staff, there's something you can do with your feelings because I don't care about them at that point. You're not going to talk bad to healthcare providers. You're not going to scream and yell at my staff because at that point, we don't need or want your business. When you're being abusive, we're done. That relationship's over. We talked about that last week, you know, in, in personal lives. When somebody abuses you, they will do it again. This nonsense of, oh, well, the patients, the thing that kills me is grown people having their mama call. I'm calling to check on my baby. You mean the 28-year-old man with three cars in the garage and two kids? That baby? (laughs) Come on. But those people are always the worst. I'm just being frank. I want to know why my, my son wouldn't give an IV fluids. Well, because he was drinking Gatorade when he came in and held it down and was doing great. So, and he peed and gave us a urine specimen, and um, there you go. Didn't really need IV fluids. His specific gravity was normal. In fact, water was thicker than his urine. According to our measurements, he's perfectly hydrated. He seems pretty (laughs) hydrated. Um, And and here's the thing. This This is a school of thought that is true. If somebody will abuse a healthcare worker, then they're abusing somebody at home. Well, abuse is a repetitive pattern. That's right. It's, and, you know, from several angles. Yeah. I mean, the, we talked about it last week with, with Gabby. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't the first time that guy laid his hands on her when it was seen by the bystanders. You know, when somebody spits on somebody in the ER, I, I can't tell you how many times that I witnessed a coworker get spit on. And they just wrote it off to, well, it's part of the job. No, no, no. Not when Chandler Anderson's a charge nurse because that patient now gets an N95 mm-hmm. mask. I was masking before masking was cool. <laughs> and a face shield and hand restraints because they're not going to spit on somebody because that is just as bad as hitting them. And if you disagree with it, then you might as well turn the show off because you're not going to like where it's going. You can't spit at people. It's garbage. Um and again, if you and and this is somebody something just something somebody just texts me and it's true. If they'll treat a stranger like that, imagine how they'll treat their family. I mean, terribly. So this year we finally got a modification of the first responder law, um, and I want to go through it after after I talk about what's happened to my staff. Um, Julie Ham from the Tennessee Nurses Association. Um, really did a good job pushing this through uh, and getting uh, people in front of the legislature to get Senate Bill 19 passed and getting Bill Lee to sign it. And it went into effect. Spoiler alert for those of you who have acted up with us. I know the law. And if I don't, I've got some corporate attorneys who do. So you messed up, A.A. Ron, as the whole skits says 
um, you know, Julie, who's the Tennessee Nurse Association rep, said nursing is a very challenging, difficult job already. And we really don't need assault added into our daily work as hard as it is. It's really stressful for nurses. And just having this bill added just adds an additional layer of protection to nurses and one that should be there because we're working hard and we're working in a pandemic, often without enough PPE, personal protective equipment. We're walking in the middle of a storm. We don't need Billy Bob walking by and punching us in the face. We got enough on our plate. We got to worry about, you know, whether or not um, we're going to carry something home to our family, whether it's the flu pre-COVID whether it's, you know, scabies, whether it's lice, something we picked up from a patient, taking it home to our family. And I'm just as adamant about this not being part of the job as I am when they tell teachers, oh, well, but you got to have a love. Don't you just love what you're doing? Yeah, well, I can't write, I love my job on a check and send it to Columbia Pine and Water. i got to have mm-hmm. some pay. So, no, it's not enough just to love your job. And they go, well, they knew what they were getting into. No. No, we didn't. Teachers didn't know they were getting into teaching remote and in person when they became a teacher. And we didn't know we were going to get punched. We didn't know we needed an MMA course to be a health care provider. So to get this bill passed, they brought in Jimmy Closser. Here's Jimmy's story. 2015, I was taking care of three patients in the emergency department, said Klosser. I had two critical patients and one that was less critical. I was helping the patient request the, I was helping the patient to get up and use the restroom. When I entered, I was detaching some of the IV tubing, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was punched multiple times in the face. I was then grabbed by my lanyard, which unfortunately wasn't a detachable lanyard, and I had my stethoscope around my neck. So, both of those things pulled me down. We went down into the bed, and there was increased tightness around my neck. The patient kept looking at me saying, I want to kill you. I hope you blank die. He didn't know this guy from Adam. It was the patient in room such and such who tried to take his life. Because of his testimony in front of the Senate, this bill was passed and Governor Lee signed it into law. Not a real hard decision. Now, we've talked before about some of these things, but I'm going to go back through them. Jim Hawley was a charge nurse at Skyline Medical Center. Patient one night came in with PTSD. Security had to help restrain him. Security was an older guy named Charles. And and that's the other thing that, and nothing against older guys, because I can tell you some of those older guys could take me today. Um, but, you know, we hire older guys that are retired, and, you know, we leave them by themselves to cover a whole hospital. And that's not okay. It's not fair to that person. And when you're off Dickerson Road, surprise, you're going to get mm-hmm. some rough people. It's Dickerson Road. Not a whole lot of uh, Bible study happening on Dickerson Road, just saying. So poor Charles was in there helping restrain this person, and the person gets Charles' gun and puts it in Jim's belly. 
and Charles thankfully gets his finger between the firing pin and the hammer, I guess is what it's called, right? I'm terrible with yeah. terms. Robin Howe's probably listening and ashamed that he taught He's my fortunate hand. it's a revolver. Right, right. Uh, Robin's probably listening saying, man, I can't believe I taught this man's gun safety class. Um, <laughs> but if you recall Jim's show, Mike, you were here for it. Jim felt the man keep squeezing the trigger, trying to shoot him in the stomach. <laughs> just got a message watch out with a retired older guy comments yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm watching him. <laughs> but you know jim felt that guy trying to kill him and jim to protect himself protect charles protect everybody in that emergency room punched that man in the face until he dropped the gun and I will go to my grave saying Jim saved everybody in that ER's life. At least six people. Because that's how many bullets would be in that revolver. Jim broke his orbits. And the guy was put in the ICU. You know what? The hospital didn't have a Jim Hawley Appreciation Day. The hospital suspended Jim. Without pay. And one of the CCU nurses had the audacity to say Jim should lose his license. And Jim saved all kinds of people in the ER that night. He saved Charles's life. He saved his own life. At Skyline, if you've ever been there, there are glass doors. That glass could have shattered and went all over that ER. The nurse's station was right outside the door. He could have hit a number of people. Randy Tidwell, nurse practitioner friend of mine up in Portland. I've posted his pictures on social media. Randy does a lot of occupational medicine stuff. He went in, see a patient. And guys, listen, we don't we don't do a prep. Spoiler alert. We grab your chart, we look at it, we look at your history, and we go in. We don't go in and say, all right, if something goes south, this is what we're going to do with every single patient, or you would have a longer wait. So he goes in. This guy apparently failed his drug screen. Randy told him he failed his drug screen, told him he was sorry. He wasn't going to be able to prove him to work. And Randy turned around, and when he did, he felt somebody hit him in the back of the head. He fell to the ground. The guy started punching Randy in the face. Randy is in his late 50s. He has psoriatic arthritis. So arthritis caused by psoriasis. He'll probably text me an ugly emoji, but he's a feeble old man. Psoriasis has broke him down. Working in construction broke him down. Working as an ICU, CCU nurse broke him down. Except it didn't break his mind down. And Randy, as he laid there on the floor with this man who was 30 years younger, remembered that he was a Marine and that he had been a champion boxer in the Marine. And Randy came up off that floor full of adrenaline. And as I understand it, broke both that guy's orbits and his jaw. And when the police came, they couldn't figure out who needed to be arrested initially. But people... No, it... Those have seen the video. Yeah, but... Push play. <laughs> Those yeah. they're seeing the you know uh, you've told me this story before and and 
I'm kind of chuckling at just the sight of yeah. which one needs which one needs more right, help, the right. doctor or the patient. Well, and, and the <laughs> thing is, you know, Randy, Randy just gave a guy a result. Mm-hmm. He didn't pee in the cup. The guy did. But we've gotten to a point in society where if you don't like what somebody says, you attack them. You beat them up. Shoot the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't fail the drug screen. The guy did. Then, you know, if you go back to when Care first opened, Andy Cordan came down and covered it. Um, I was working at the walk-in. At that point, we were doing primary care there. It was before we had the primary care clinic. And the Knox girls all worked there. Kayla, Hillary, Heather, Rachel Whitwell, Cassie Holt, um, Kayla Eichhorn, Kayla Gray. They all worked there with me. Clayton actually worked there. Um, This guy came in, and I kind of heard him getting loud up front. So I went up front. The guy wanted his Adderall refilled early. Adderall is Schedule II drug. You can't refill it early. It's for ADD. And you shouldn't refill it early because that means they're diverting it. So I went up front because this is really my problem to solve, not the front desk girl, Kayla. And I just said, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to write that. I'm sorry. We're not going to fill it early. The guy pulls out a gun. The patients in the lobby were terrified. They came to a walk-in clinic. And now some idiots in here with a gun. And I see this gun. And I get the girls in the chart room to be safe. Everyone except little Heather and Heather who weighed 95 pounds soaking wet decided she was going to hang out and protect 500 pound Chandler. (laughs) What she really did was provide a distraction. So the guy didn't shoot me. Yeah. She was kind of jumping around like a wounded duck, but, uh, it got me enough time that I wrote the guy's script and I didn't sign it because I knew the pharmacy wouldn't fill it if I didn't sign it. And I gave it to him and we got him him out the door. We had Jeremy Haywood on the way. And Jeremy took care of that and Brian Gray. And that's why you will never hear me say a bad word about Brian Gray or Jeremy Haywood because they saved the lives of the people in right care that day. Because had that guy gone to the pharmacy and was allowed to come back, he would have shot all of us. No telling what he would have done at the pharmacy when they would have informed him that they couldn't fill it because you didn't sign it, too. Right, right. Uh, The guy did come back several months later. This guy, this time he brought swords. That was an easy 911 call. <laughs> he had swords. I remember because I was on, uh, I was actually at WrestleMania. And Molly was working there. And Molly called and said, that guy came back with swords. I said, swords? What's he going to do with swords? Like Kill Bill swords? She's like, yeah, like Kill Bill swords. So we sent her out to um, Bear Creek Pike, the gun store that was out there because it was near our house. And Molly bought her first gun. Hmm. But if you Google Chandler Anderson, and um, well, you'll find a lot, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Some of it's true. Some of it isn't. Uh, (laughs) Chandler Anderson. You sure you want to put that out there? Yeah, I mean, you know. Remember your your theme song now. Right, right. I'm not for everyone, so just be careful. But um, Chandler Anderson, WKRN gun, you know. You'll see the story, and I mean, the guy, you know what he did? He blamed it on me. It was my Mm. fault. So there's that. So um, 
little girl that works for me at the front desk at one of my offices. Um, a woman came in mad because the pharmacy said that her medicine needed a prior authorization. You know what we have no control over? Prior authorizations and what medicines need them. Prior authorizations, we basically have to email your insurance company or communicate with your insurance company and tell them why you need it. Well, this woman was mad because the pharmacy had faxed it to the wrong place. So she decided to cuss the front desk girl and throw papers in her face. We're going to come back and talk about the two most egregious things that have happened recently at our practice. We'll be back after this break. Folks, if you're looking for a primary care provider for yourself or your children or your family members, Right Care Primary Care, located in the Kroger Shopping Center off James Campbell, is accepting new patients. We take all insurances, and our providers will sit down and listen to you and help get to the bottom of your health care needs. If you're tired of being rushed in and out of the office and being treated like a number, come see us at the Right Care Primary Care Clinic. Myself and Kelly Kelly will be glad to take care of you and get you back on track to getting the right care now. One-stop shopping. That's why so many people shop Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat of Columbia. As the number one volume CDJR dealer in Tennessee, we offer the largest selection of new Ram, Jeep, Dodge, and Chrysler vehicles. And when you have the largest selection of new, you have the largest selection of used, too. Combine that with state-of-the-art, fast, accurate service, and you've got Tennessee's number one volume dealer. Shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net. Middle Tennessee's Ram truck and Jeep headquarters. You can count on us. Based on combined retail and fleet sales is awarded by Chrysler in the state of Tennessee in 2019. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. I love this station. Absolutely love the station. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best, best, best. It is the best station. <laughs> You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm like Scotch inside a girl band. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, presented by Right Care. Speaking my mind when I'm better. I'm a bad joke at the wrong time. 
All right, guys, we're back talking about violence against healthcare workers. And, um, man, it it is sad because my children are not going to grow up in the world that I grew up in. My biggest worry was making sure that I was in front of the TV at 5.05 on Saturday night so I could watch Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes argue back and forth and making sure that um, I didn't say nothing crazy that my daddy made me go to bed early on Monday night so I would couldn't watch Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on primetime wrestling. Um, now our kids have to worry about somebody shooting in Kroger's or somebody doing something crazy at Walmart. Um, you know, it's just really sad that that's where we are as a country. I mean, just country, you know. Um, <laughs> so. Man, somebody said dim the lights in there. Don't take your hat off again. Apparently I'm blinding folks. Apparently I'm blinding folks, folks. <laughs> Everybody can't have the luscious hair you do, Got sir. <laughs> um, so, you know, I won't tell you what happened at my office. Now, the last thing was my office, too. But this all has happened in the last two months. This lady walked in. Now, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm name names here. Kelly walked, this lady walked in Kelly's office, and when I'm not there, the provider's in charge. Um, she was busy seeing patients. This lady walked in, wanted a form filled out for her son right now. All right, probably not the way to start it. So wanted this form filled out on a kid we haven't seen in months right then. Front desk young lady, Crystal, told her, hey, you know, if you'll leave it, we'll get it done by the end of the day. We actually have 10 days by statute to get stuff done like that. But we know people need their forms and things filled out. We also know people wait to the last minute. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people, but I know people who are like that, you know. Um, and so we know that people need their forms filled out sometimes. But we can't not take care of the people that were responsible enough to make an appointment to get their care taken care of. We can't make those people wait to take care of somebody who didn't plan. Well, you've also, you know, reversed that just a little bit. That very same person probably wouldn't highly upset had you pulled away from taking care of them. Oh, yeah. To take care of somebody else walking Absol in. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. If the roles were reversed, this lady would have been mad as could be. So she was not happy with the answer that we'll get this done today. That wasn't good enough. So today was not good enough. So she was talking ugly to the girl at the front desk, and a 70-year-old lady said, ma'am, there's no reason for that, something to that effect. This woman turned around and started yelling at this 70-year-old woman. Now, this girl was probably in her late 20s telling her she would slap her face and next time i'm talking about my child you better keep your mouth shut well she gets put outside and i can't remember if it was by a male patient or one of my staff in the door lock because she was out of control they called the police because she threatened the 70 year old lady by the way if you've ever had to get a witness statement emailed to you by a 70 year old not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> so um, so she's outside, and I would think that that would be like my reset button. Like, oh, wait, man, like I've gotten a little out of control here. They've got me outside. No. She starts beating on the glass. The front of this office is glass. She starts beating on it. 
And her mother comes up and starts beating on the glass with a cane. So the girls call me to come up there. Well, the police got there before me, thankfully, because... Listen, I mirror people. You act crazy with me, I'm act crazy back sometimes. I'm just being honest. And if you're being irrationally crazy, look, I'm sorry. That's a weak point of mine. I should probably work on it, but probably not going to. Um, you're hurting my staff. You're threatening my patients. We have a problem. I mean, we have a problem. You know, uh, my staff was scared because a person was so out of control, they were beating on the glass. If it had broken, she probably would have sued me for getting cut. So police came, told her to leave, blah, blah, blah. I texted her and said, you're not allowed to be seen here anymore. We're not going to fill out your form. Don't come back. I had our attorney pen a letter, but attorneys take a little while, right? So she needed to know right then from somebody at that facility she could not come back. Her reply, do I need to come smack a bee? So you have already been put out. The police have told you to leave. The owner of the place tells you you can't come back. And your response to that is, do I need to come smack a expletive? That's where we are. And then the most recent thing, a patient. I don't know who has that number. A patient came in, got angry because we can't access another hospital system's records. Spoiler alert, we're not all connected. We can access Murray Regionals, but we can't access other hospitals because we're not part of their team. The hospitals, because of HIPAA, just don't give out access. I was going to say, isn't there a privacy act yeah. involved with all yeah. this before? Oh, <laughs> but I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. So the lady was simply asked to fill out a form to get her results. And we were going to fax it to the other hospital. You know what we don't have control over? How long it takes the other hospital to get us the results. We have no control over that. Because the patient didn't like that, she punched my friend of over 20 years in the face, Kelly Kelly. I had to go in and fix Kelly's laceration on her face. Because someone was so out of control that because they didn't get an immediate answer to what they wanted, they punched a provider in the face. Then it gets better. Police come, do a report. They go to the magistrate. They get a warrant, as they should have. The per- I don't know who keeps trying to FaceTime me, but I'm on the air, folks. Um, and this is an iPad, and I don't even know who has a number to it. So there's that. But um, it's probably Cole trying to FaceTime somebody. Um, so the mother says, Well, first, the mother made a lot of excuses about her having mental health problems. And I said, well, you know, a great place to get those addressed now is at the jail. 
because Bucky has done a good job of getting mental health services there. And um, Michael Fulbright's done a great job about helping people get their mental health medicines. So, um, yeah, that'd be a great place for her when she does her mandatory, I think is 90 days now. We'll talk about that new law here in a minute. Um, that's a great place for her. Well, no, I don't want that. Well, what do you want? She said, well, what did Kelly do to make her hit her? What? <laughs> really? Like the race car had already been thrown out there. The trouble is my second in command is an African-American young lady. So that really doesn't work. So, you know, the answer to that is, well, what did George Floyd do to make an officer kneel on his neck to the point he died? Nothing. There's nothing he could have done to warrant that. There's nothing Kelly could have done to have warranted getting punched in the face. Nothing. The truth is she did do nothing to make this lady angry. She did exactly what I would have done and said, hey, we're going to get your results as soon as we can. Here's your treatment plan. In the meantime, until we get your results, she did more than most people would have done. Most people would have said, see you later. We'll get your results and call you back and make you come in. And, you know, you can have your state insurance pay for another visit. I do want to give props to law enforcement because they were on it. Our district attorney's office has promised that they are going to seek justice in this case. So thank you, Brent Cooper and his office, because we're all tired of this. We're all tired of it. Healthcare providers are not punching bags. We're just, we're not. And again, this extends not just to providers. Let's talk about, again, we mentioned security. Who do we call when a patient's out of control? Security. Who gets punched and spit on and urinated on? Security. People forget about security when they're talking about healthcare heroes. Do you know how many angry people security's had to deal with about masks? There's no yeah. telling. I guarantee you it's in the hundreds. And you know what? There's nothing about that that security can fix. Not their rule. Even if they disagree mm. with it, they're enforcing the rule that the hospital set. They're enforcing a rule. You're mad at the wrong person. 90% of this, 95% of this, they're not mad at the, the, the provider. I mean, I, I don't know what this 384-3726, whoever you are, if you could stop, that'd be great. Um, so, you know, they're mad at the wrong person. They're just mad at the wrong person is the answer. Um but Bill Lee, to his credit, um, he has tried to help this situation, and the, the state legislature has, Scott Sapicki, uh, Curcio, uh, Joey Hensley, and I aren't always on the same page, but Joey introduced this legislation actually several years ago, and it didn't, it didn't pass back then, but, um, you know, it passed this year, um, because they had the right people in the right places, thank goodness. Um, and so, I don't know what's happening here. My computer or my thing is acting crazy. Uh, here we go. So, um, it passed this year, and Bill E. signed it into law. 
Tennessee Code 3913-116 further defined first responder. Assault against a first responder. A person commits assault against a first responder or nurse who is discharging or attempting to discharge the first responder or nurse's official duties who, so a person commits assault if they do these things, knowingly causes bodily injury to a first responder or a nurse, or knowingly causes physical contact with a first responder or nurse, and a reasonable person would regard the contact as extremely offensive or provocative, including, but not limited to, spitting, there we go, throwing or otherwise transferring bodily fluids, bodily pathogens, or human waste onto the person of a first responder or a nurse. A person commits, this is B, a person commits aggravated assault against a first responder or nurse who is discharging or attempting to discharge their duties, who knowingly commits an assault under Section A and the assault results in serious bodily injury to the first responder or nurse, you know, like having to have her nose repaired from where it's punched, results in the death of a first responder or nurse, Involve the use or display of a deadly weapon. Don't even have to use it. You have to brandish it, show it. Involve strangulation or attempted strangulation. And assault under subsection A, the first part, where they're throwing things and physical contact that a reasonable person would call offensive uh, and causes bodily injury is a class A misdemeanor and should be punished by a mandatory fine of $5,000, mandatory, and a mandatory minimum sentence of 30 days incarceration. The defendant is not eligible for release from confinement until the defendant has served the entire 30-day mandatory minimum sentence. So they got to do their full 30 days and sit and think about their decision to hit a health care provider. And this ought to be expanded to anybody in healthcare, not just nurses, not just first responders. If it's aggravated, it's a Class C felony. That person doesn't ever need a weapon again. So they got a felony, and I think that disqualifies you from having a weapon. If I remember right, yes. Class C felony and punished by a mandatory fine of $15,000 and a mandatory minimum sentence of 90 days incarceration. And the person is not eligible for release from confinement until the defendant has served the entire 90-day mandatory minimum. They go on to define first responder as firefighter, emergency services personnel, a post-certified law enforcement officer, or another person who responds to calls for emergency assistance from 911, capital police officers, highway patrol, TBI agents, TWRA, park rangers, um, nurse obviously who is licensed registered or certified under title 63 that needs to be expanded to cover everybody involved in the healthcare system it dietary housekeeping whoever so i've ran over a little bit we're going to come back we're going to do our person of the week we're going to talk a little more about this i hope this is kind of opening some eyes out there of what nurses and healthcare providers go through on a daily basis this is not unusual guys most of us just always assume this was part of the job to get beat up in the ER or get beat up on med surge or psych. It's not. 
folks, the Right Care Walk-In Clinic, located in front of Walmart, is open 11 to 11 every day of the week. If your kid gets sick when you get home from work and your child needs to be seen but your provider's office is closed, come see us. We see children, adults, geriatric folks. Folks, we've been open 10 years and we stay late, so you don't have to wait at the emergency room to get the care that you deserve, the right care. We're open 11 to 11 every day in front of Walmart, Columbia, Tennessee. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Roofing isn't something you think about until you need it. When you do, let Roof Systems, Inc. be your first call. Roof Systems, Inc. is locally owned and has been providing excellent service since 1983. From repairing roofs on small homes or installing new roofs for large commercial retailers, no job is too big or too small. Why choose Roof Systems, Inc.? Well, in our customers' words, best experience I've had with construction-related business. Honest, professional, friendly, and affordable. Call today, 931-398-5977. That's 931-398-5977. Don't let your pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Health's physical therapy team can aid in your recovery from surgery, injury, or illness. With seven locations, state-of-the-art equipment, certified therapists, and proven techniques, you'll have everything you need to recover quickly. And Murray Regional Physical Therapy has implemented enhanced measures to keep you safe while working to improve your quality of life. If you need physical therapy, let one of our experienced therapists be your partner in recovery. Learn more at therapy.murrayregional.com. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. You're listening to The Chandler Anderson Show. Contact the show via text at 931-446-7865. In a time full of war, be peace. Time for the doubt, just believe. Yeah, there ain't that much difference between you and me. In a time full of war, be peace. All right, guys, it's time for our person of the week. Um, each week, we talk about a member of our community who is doing extraordinary things and has always given them. Uh, giving their time and energy to making people better, making our community better. And I want to tell you a little bit about a friend of mine. He has been a friend for a good while. And, you know, he's the kind of friend you need because he will call me on my BS. And here's a shock. I have a lot of that sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm sure most people listening will uh, will agree with that, especially Molly, if she's tuning in. Um, Robin Howe. Former police officer here in Columbia, uh, narcotics guy, magistrate at one time, ran for sheriff, uh, does security now, um, 
he actually helped us out with our wrestling company when I had a wrestling company here in Columbia, CWA, with Shane Morton. Robin was the law and order guy for it. Um, him and uh, Rick Reynolds, uh, Forsaken, had some memorable little matches there. And um, But I'll tell you, the thing about Robin is, Robin cares about me enough to call me when I'm getting little too big for my britches and say, hey, you need to think about what you're saying because I don't think you mean it the way it's coming out. And I appreciate that about Robin. Um, the other day, you know, we were, I was talking about that girl that did that terrible stuff to Kelly. And he was like, watch for HIPAA, watch for HIPAA. And, you know, I called our attorneys and said, hey, what, what, what's this? And, you know, given that it's a public threat because that person could have very well went to another office and done the very same thing. You know, it's not a HIPAA violation, thankfully. But Robin always looks out for me, and he looks out for his buddies, and he looks out for our community. And he is a stand-up guy, and he always tries to do the right thing. And we need more Robin Howes in the world, and the world would be a much better place, and it would be a much more honorable place if we had more Robin Howes in this world. So God bless you, Robin. Thank you for taking my late-night calls when I've made some terrible decisions. Uh, thank you for explaining the legal system and the police system to me uh, when I've gotten it all wrong before. Um, and thanks for just being a good friend, Robin. You are uh, one of a kind, and I appreciate you more than you'll ever know, my ball, my friend. Um, I almost said my boss. Um Robin's a good guy, and, and if you know Robin, I don't think uh, you'll find anybody that can say anything bad about Robin Howe. He is um, a legitimate good guy who never has any ulterior motives and always wants what's best for everybody. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we can do. So, one, as healthcare providers, we can try to identify when people are getting agitated right and remove ourselves from that situation um it's just like pain my friend liz always says agitation is just like pain if you catch it early you can generally de-escalate it if it's a patient you can generally get it under control with medicine but if you wait till it's a 10 mike if you have a kidney stone and i wait till your pain's a 10 it's going to be a whole lot harder to get under control than if I take care of it when it's a two. Yeah, and I'm probably not going to be quite as cooperative because I'm miserable right. at that point and probably not exactly thinking clearly clearly uh, because of the pain involved. So as healthcare providers, we also have to know that it's okay to say, I don't feel comfortable going in that room alone. I have a practice of when I admit a patient, I never see them alone because I don't know what I'm walking into. After I see them, I kind of figure out, okay, this one's all right. But sometimes I have a nurse go with me every time I see that patient because it's a safety thing. Um, organizations have a duty to protect their people. There's a sign on our door now that says there is zero tolerance for violence or aggression in this clinic. It's on both of our clinics. And it says, if you cannot treat our staff respectfully and not be violent or aggressive, 
you need to find another clinic. Because unlike some of these other places, there isn't an amount of money worth my staff getting hurt. Because here's what I want people to remember. Your job is not your life. We talk about work-life balance. Your job is not your life. And you have to make sure that when you are working, that you're working in such a way that you're not going to go home broken, whether that's mentally or physically. The other day, we cleared the rest of the schedule. We sent Kelly home because mentally she didn't need to be there. She got punched in the face just trying to do her job. There's no amount of money or no press gainy survey or no excellent score worth your staff being abused. And until, and Murray, when you go in Murray, you'll see signs everywhere that say, our people are here to take care of you. We're not going to let them be abused. Does it still happen? Yeah. Is it better than it was, though? Yeah, because at least they've taken some degree of a stance to say, no, this is not going to happen anymore. The problem is, as healthcare providers, we don't want to report it. It's more paperwork. It's more headache. It's coming in on your day off to talk to somebody. It's a lot of work. But the change has to start somewhere. And saying, no, this is not acceptable. I will not be treated this way is how it starts. It'll start a domino effect. Once there's a leader in that group that says, nope, I'm not going to be talked to like this. And you set that standard with family members, with patients, and your fellow coworkers. Because I can tell you as a nurse, there was a young nurse at one time before all this gray filled in. Some of the worst things that have happened to me happened to me because of other nurses. They were mean because I was new and I was young. Quite frankly, I was male. So we've got to make sure that the environment as a whole is safe, not just from patients, but from family members and from coworkers, whether you know, we used to have physicians who were just horrible to us. I I got to give Dot Tucker a shout out because Dot Tucker was one of the old school nurses at the hospital. I don't know if you ever met Dot, Mike. Dot mm-hmm. was that nurse that she had seen and done it all back in the day. So <laughs> when you had these new age nurses coming, you know it wasn't the same. But Dot. She did a whole course that we all had to go through. How to deal with angry physicians. Number one, identify what's made them angry. And if it's reasonable, try to fix it. But don't stand there and be yelled at and cussed at. And that was in 1998. Because I had just become Mm -hmm. a nurse. And I remember being so impressed that she said, if that guy's cussing you on the other end of the phone, you say, I'm sorry. I can't be talked to like this. You can call me back when you've calmed down and hang up. It only had to happen a time or two. 
and those physicians stopped because they realized if you sabotage your nurses or you make your nurses mad, you're in for a long night of call. I had a surgeon one time <clears throat> tell me that they were going to come through the phone and eat me if I called him again about this person's blood flow in a post-op vascular patient. And I remember looking over at this lady that worked in ICU. I was floating at the time, and I said, he's a big old boy. I'm not sure how he's going to get to the bottom of this here phone. <laughs> she said, look, just don't call him. Just don't call him again. You know, but again, it was a, what did you do to make him that way? You, if, if you are not in charge of your emotions, and look, I get where I'm not in control of mine sometimes, and thank God I can call my friends and rant, and Dr. Natty's like, you feel better? I'm like, yep. <laughs> but, you know, if you're not in control of your emotions, don't take it out on somebody else. If you're not adult enough that you can't be rational and think, look, that person may be having a bad day. We don't know what they went through before they came to work. You know, if you can't think, that's one thing I've tried to get better about is, you know, when somebody does something that just doesn't make sense and they're normally really good, what's there, what's going on with them? Yeah, there's, of course, that, that there, there's an old cliche, and it's cliche for a reason. You know, before you jump off, you know, before you lose control, lose your temper, try to walk a mile in the other man's shoes. You know, try to figure out, put yourself in their spot. What's, like you said, try to figure out what's happened, what's going on. Um, especially if it's an know, outlier and especially if yeah, that person right. is normally great and today yeah, and there's off. something yeah there's something off and uh, you don't know if their baby was up sick all night you uh, don't know if their teachers. teenagers acted up you don't know if you know uh, poor robert one day i called him and i was like what are you doing he's i'm pouring some concrete i said you know you're supposed to work today right he said oh yeah i'm gonna do this and go in and shower and come to work what <laughs> what like Robert's a better man than me. I'm not pouring concrete yeah. ever. Yeah, but as as teachers, you know, we we've been told, trained, whatever, and taught, you know, and and get have to be reminded several times um, that try to keep in mind of what our students are coming from. Where 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 are they coming from? Especially if we're having to deal with a uh, a rather hard discipline situation or, or something like that is to at least take a little bit of time to try to figure it now that doesn't mean you don't go ahead and do what you got to do right but you at least try to figure out where they're coming from and sometimes just knowing that helps diffuse you know kind of changes the approach if i again if i you know i had a student that was normally maybe talkative but you know, a pretty good kid and all of a sudden he comes in and he's mad at the world and swinging and stuff and stuff like that okay you know, something's there, something's, something's off off key or something like that yes i got to get control of the situation right now but before i make any big decisions about what i'm going to do with this kid i got to find out why he's going off right and, what's the uh, basis of this yeah now you know i, I i'm sure in the medical profession you, you guys also have the the physical element to take care of as well you know with this person who's not only short-tempered and stuff, but they're they're not feeling good, or they wouldn't be there. Start well, with. And that's why I try and, to remind yeah. the front desk, God bless the front desk. You know, Kiki had a woman. I instituted a 1030 cutoff mm -hmm. because we were seeing 90 people, 80, 90 people, and the staff was staying there to 1 or 2 in the morning. You can't take care of people if you're there to 2 yeah. and you're back at 1030. 
You just can't. That's not enough sleep. That's not enough time with your family. So I institute a 1030 cutoff. Somebody brought their very elderly mother in with abdominal pain at like 1045. Okay, number one, an elderly person with abdominal pain needs longer than a 15-minute workup. You know, and when the person emailed me, they were like, well, can't, how long does it take to do a urine? Doesn't matter. Because even if we do a urine, what if it's normal? They're going to need a workup. So they were appropriately sent to the emergency room. I was going to say at 1045. I oh, I know, think, right? It was so urgent you waited till the last minute to bring uh, them. You know, that's, that's, that sounds like an ER visit type right. situation. Well, but here, here's what the person chose to say. Is that really your name? Kiki is really your name. Like, think about that. Like, number one, what's that got to do with anything? I was going to say, what's that got to do with the situation? And number two, she said, did you come up with that policy? Did you just make that up? Mike, it's literally on the door. I laminated it and put it on the door. We take our last patient at 1030 until this is over, until this spike is over. We take our last patient at 1030. Mike, she had to look at it to open Mm -hmm. the door to come in. It's just insanity. And then, you know, another person was mad because we wouldn't see her adult daughter at 1055 who was severely ill, according to her. Well, if she's severely ill, she needs more than five minutes of evaluation. Mm -hmm. I have found that the people who show up at clinics 10 minutes before they close rarely need to be there. They need to be at the emergency room. Because if you are that sick that you need to be seen at 10.50 at night, you probably need to be at the emergency room. Now, there are some people who get off late, and that's a, yeah, different, that's a different... But the majority, the majority of the people <clears throat> that out there, yeah. I, yeah I when you walk in with late, chest pain at 10.30, yeah. we can't get your labs back in time. And that's the thing. People, and so let's talk about this. Let's talk about how, how we start to change this. Number one, listen, patients, y'all have to get some different expectations. We went to school a long time, and we want patients to be informed, and we want patients to be part of that decision-making process. But at the end of the day, there's a reason that the script pad has my name on it and not yours, because I know the intricacies of the disease. And I know the differential diagnoses that may be causing this pain. For example, the old lady with pain, the elderly lady with pain. Her daughter's ridiculous thing was, well, can't you just dip a urine? Sure, I sure can. Sure, we could dip it. What if it's negative? What if it's negative? We still have ischemic bowel to rule out with a CT, with contrast. We still have appendicitis to rule out if she's got an appendix. We still have diverticulitis with a microperforation to rule out. We still have a bowel obstruction to rule out. We still have pyelonephritis to rule out because sometimes pylo won't have a ton of white cells if it's early on. We still have interstitial cystitis if there's blood in it that we've got to rule out. You can have an obstructing stone. You could have a gallbladder issue. You could have a spleen issue. You could have tons of things. You could have early shingles. They just haven't declared themselves yet. But we only call it that after we rule out all these other things. So we went to school a long time to be able to provide care 
and we want patients to have input in it. We want you to be able to decide, do I want to wait for 24 hours and get rechecked tomorrow, or do I want to try to get a CT scan? That's the patient's decision with the understanding that they come back if anything changes. We want patients to be part of their care, but we also need patients to understand that we went to school a really long time and paid a lot of money to have the knowledge to make the decisions that we make. We'll be back after the break. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. Folks, the Right Care Walk-In Clinic located in front of Walmart is open 11 to 11 every day of the week. If your kid gets sick when you get home from work and your child needs to be seen but your provider's office is closed, come see us. We see children, adults, geriatric folks. Folks, we've been open 10 years and we stay late so you don't have to wait at the emergency room to get the care that you deserve. The right care. We're open 11 to 11 every day in front of Walmart, Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. Do you know Tillis Jewelry creates custom, one-of-a-kind pieces that are available in our store now? Hello, this is Rick Tillis, and that's right. We are known for our custom designs. We create jewelry using old mine-cut or European-cut diamonds to rare-colored gemstones. We create these custom pieces for each season. I'm sure you can find something for yourself or a loved one. Stop by our showroom and try on a Tillis Jewelry custom piece today. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to view our designs and much more. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. 
For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week. 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. Started listening to your station and everybody likes it. It's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. We absolutely love it. Here we go. I'm like Scotch and Tata Girl Bands. I'm like Eastside Towns Vans and I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. You're listening to The Chandler Anderson Show. Contact the show via text at 931-446-7865. But I'm not for All right, guys. So we're back talking about violence against healthcare providers. You know, I tried to say it really nicely, but to put it bluntly, we went to school a long time and worked really hard to be able to help you. That doesn't mean we don't get things wrong. And look, the truth is, if you just sit and listen to a patient and let the patient talk and tell you their story, you can usually diagnose what's going on with them. But Chandler, and limit I, how much test? I know what I need you to do for me because I I looked it up on WebMD. Right. Right. Uh, Except you can't spell yeah. half the words you read. Yeah. Well, I, I said that one time to my daughter, and she said those are cuss words to me. Mm-hmm. But be care, be very, very careful, Daddy. Don't ever Google. <laughs> Don't ever Google. Don't ever Google. See, yeah, and she said the same thing. She says, "Daddy, I went to school for six years." Yeah, I mean, to figure out what you're reading on, you know, in 20 minutes. Well, don't and, don't question us, <laughs> right? I mean, if it was that easy, right? Or, not to not not to question at all, but she said, "Don't." You yeah, know. I mean, you got to have some level of like, okay, so I take my car to Matt Cates, right? Because I don't mm-hmm. know anything about cars, or I take it to Bruce Odom, my brother in law, to look at. I'm not going to question them unless something's just grossly wrong. Like one time I got my, they said nothing's wrong with my Forerunner, and I said, man, that thing about shook me off the road. It's got Parkinson's. Yeah. Something's yeah. wrong with it, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> Bruce took a look at it and figured it out. But, but most of, and, and most of the time, if there is a situation, you've got, you know, you go into the urgent care for there's a there's a key word urgent, urgent. right you're needing help now okay although if, if frequently it's, it's we get pain for 17 years yeah. and it's a 10 yeah well no. uh it's not if, mm-hmm. if you're having to fix something that's going to take a major operation or something like that most doctors that i know of say get another opinion please yeah. because you know i may not have, you know, this is my recommendation, right. but there are other options. Well, and that's the and, thing, you know, people got to think about, we don't want to be sued, so we're not yeah. going to halfway do something. And right. I review every chart that comes mm-hmm. through that clinic. So if I see somebody sent me a thumbs up, is that you, Mike? Did you thumbs up me? <laughs> Some random thumbs up. I'll just do it to you for your, to your face. No, I mean, something <laughs> I, happened. I see it. Oh, who is that? I was watching. Um, you know, I we went to school a long time, and we don't want to be sued. And more than that, we don't want to hurt anybody. I mean, there's been plenty of times that I've well, gone home. There's a reason you chose the profession. Right. I mean, we <laughs> want to help people. And, you know, I want patients to be a part of it. When we're talking about diabetes, I want your input. What do you think? Or do you think insulin is something you're going to be able to do, or do we need to be more aggressive with dietary changes and crank up your oral meds? You know, uh, what what is it that 
works best for you because that's the key if it doesn't work for the patient they can't do it i'm a perfect example they wanted me to do hyperbaric oxygen which requires a commitment of five days a week for six weeks i can't commit to anything for that long i don't know when covid may ramp back up hopefully never but i mean i got three kids so i couldn't commit to that that plan doesn't work for me you got to meet patients where they are you know they wanted to put a pick line in and do iv antibiotics with me a patient could rip that out and i'll bleed to death (laughs) you know um and i'm clumsy i could trip and fall and rip it out it doesn't work you know um so i had a, a nurse who was young enough to be my daughter telling me what i needed to do so i needed to stop going there and guess what my foot's about healed you see i'm in a shoe and a boot instead of a boot so um you know we want patient input but at the end of the day we've got to do what is the acceptable medical practice and just because you want a narcotic or you want a certain medicine we are not licensed drug dealers we're not so you can't dictate what we write that's on us it's our call what medicines we prescribe if you go to a doctor and you tell him what you want or you tell her what you want and they write it you're on a real slippery slope because there's a man headed to prison right now for doing that very Mm -hmm. thing and his last name's dr reinhardt google him you'll see that i was talked into bringing him to my clinic and trying to reform him it did not work um we want what's best for you nobody out there is having some sinister plan to alleviate the world's population by bad medicine we're just not that's not how any of this works now let's talk about how we can fix this one organizations have to acknowledge that this is a risk and they've got to get a game plan like we do for cpr they've got to be able to say hey you do this, you do this, you do this. You give the shot, you watch for safety, you do the documentation. Get a game plan. Number two, nurses and healthcare providers have to be allowed to keep their phones on them. These organizations that's, that prevent nurses from doing that, it's insanity. Because what if a patient has you trapped in a room? How are you going to get out if you can't call 911? You're going to fight this here patient that's bigger than you? Nurses have to be able to keep their phones on them. If you're you're an organization and you don't allow your staff to keep their phone on them, you need to rethink that. The high school passed a rule or edict or something to where students can't take their phones in the bathroom. I understand that because of TikTok. But here's what I also understand. If you have a young lady on her menstrual cycle, and she can't take her phone in the bathroom, how's she going to text her mom or daddy to bring her some some feminine products? How's she going to do that? You're going to make her walk back to the classroom? I would really like to know that administrator's plan on how to enforce that rule. Oh, when uh, you get a hall pass, you got to give them your phone, apparently. Well, okay, there, there's some preventative there. And, but, and they said if you don't give them asking, your phone, you can't you go to the bathroom. You're not going. That is setting up for trouble. Yeah, you're asking you're asking for a fight there that really didn't need to develop. Uh, One of the biggest fights I ever had with a teacher, and you know I'm about as pro teacher as they come. Mm-hmm. 
there was this one teacher, and she's not with us in Murray County anymore, and we're better for it, to be quite frank. But my son Cole had had surgery, male surgery, and um, he used the bathroom a lot and couldn't help it. Drives me crazy too, ma'am. <laughs> but um, she would not let him go to the bathroom. And thankfully, he had his phone on him, and he texted me. And he said he was going to wear his pants. And I called the school and said, look, my kid needs to pee. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And later on, she had sent me a message. when, Whenever I interview and somebody asks me about a terrible parent or a difficult parent, you're the one I always name. And I said, "Do you tell him you wouldn't let a little kid who just had surgery not go to the mm. bathroom? You leave? Do you leave that will, part out? You know, <laughs> to to not that I need to defend this particular right. teacher, but in 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 regards, to the teachers at that point should have had some kind of note. They did. Okay, that that's the problem. That's, that's the my, like, my first question was there was there a documentation? Like, I, if I'm, there was, I'm, then yeah, it's oh she got yeah. written up and was mad yeah. at me about it. Yeah. Like, dude, you had a note. Yeah, you know." Uh, so we got to let nurses keep their phones on them. We got to let everybody keep their phone on them and be an adult and don't misuse your phone, guys. Like, we need it for safety. We do. Um, one of the places I worked at gave people whistles. I thought that was a great idea. Um, and I may be, I mean, shooting your wad here ahead of time or something like that, but there was something that uh, when I went from uh, private schools to public education, my first day of in-service – which about scared me out of it, out, out of my transfer there, but uh, was we went through a full day, a six-hour in-service titled Self-Defense for Teachers. Yeah. Uh, and it was how to fend off a student that was coming at you mm-hmm. with or without a weapon, but it was also how to go in and break up a fight. Most teachers get, you know, when they get hurt, it's – they, you know, the two students, you know, they're, you know, it's not a student attacking them. It's two students getting after each other. This, you know, of course the teachers Putting your are hand in between two dogs. Hey, you know, I yeah, tell Molly and, that and, all the time. Don't know, do teacher, it. Teachers, you know, go, you know, you get, you, you see the old pictures, you know, teachers walking in the big, the big PE teacher going in, grabbing them by the collar, separating them at arm's length and all that stuff. No, that doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Usually not what anymore. happens, not anymore. Yeah. Usually what happens when you walk in between them, like that, yeah, both of them hit you. Yeah. Uh, maybe whether they mean to or not. So, but we were taught how to, you know, come in, how to subdue somebody right. without injuring them right. and, and stuff like that. Is there a course or is there, yes. is there training for There's healthcare a course people? Called, that, I used to teach it. It's called crisis prevention intervention. And it talks about if somebody is biting you, you, it gives you different techniques. Mm-hmm. You basically push mm-hmm. right here and they'll let go. If somebody's got you by the hair, it shows you how to shoot your arms up and turn around. Um, hold on, somebody's texting. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Um, you would think I was on the radio at the same time every week. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, crisis prevention intervention is something that I would encourage every healthcare facility um, to. Spend the money to get that taught. I was a teacher of CPI for a long time. It works. It's evolved a little bit. It talks about identifying high-risk situations. That was a, a lot of our training. A lot of our yep. training was, you know, heads up before what things happen. What might go south. Yeah. You know. is, is knowing 
seeing the early signs of a big conflict, you know, and doing some things to to head that off as well. So that was well. CPI is great, and employers have a duty to protect their staff. They just do. Um, You know, the other thing I want people to keep in mind is this doesn't just happen in the ER. This happens on the med surge floor, like you talked about with your daughter. This yeah. this happens on the excuse me. This happens on the L and D floor. I would imagine there are often times when the baby is not what people expect, and that tends to get people upset. Um, and you end up with a doctor rush, I think they call it, to the L and D floor. Um, Sometimes you win the baby lottery. Sometimes you don't as a man. And it is what it is. And people get upset and they get emotional and they end up fighting. Um, and it's embarrassing for, you know, everybody involved. But, um, you know, the ER is one of the big places because, you know, there's long wait times for care. And people don't like to wait. That's why there's an impulse aisle. Next to the next to the checkout at Walmart, if you can find a, a lane open, you know there's that's why the candy bar aisle's there. I call Johnson and Johnson the impulse aisle uh, vaccine because it's one dose. You know, not worth a whole lot, but it's one dose. <laughs> yes, you got a vaccine. Yes, Correct. you got a shot. Yes, you got a shot. You know, only only half protected, but you got All a right. shot. <laughs> you know, the other things that contribute to the ER being one of the big places is people a lot of times. Have, you know, Chun used to say 3 a.m.'s a gun and knife club's letting out. You know, the bars are letting out. People been drinking. You know, people figuring out, oh, oh, so-and-so's been talking to my girlfriend while I'm here. Well, I ought to go out here and fight him, you know. Um, so you get that. You get private citizens arming themselves. And <sighs> the people who open carry, most of them don't need to open carry. That's just my opinion. They're not doing it for the right reason they're doing it to be a tough guy you know i mean because think about it if you open carry uh, who's the first person the bad guy's gonna shoot the guy he knows that has a gun you know conceal that (laughs) please that's just my personal thought um also you got people that need medical clearance after being arrested by law enforcement like the guy who ran off and jumped on this lady or jumped on the hood of the car or the roof of the car in the er you know, everybody seems to get chest pain right as those handcuffs go in. It's amazing. Cardiology <laughs> could make a killing if they had some kind of mobile cath lab. Um, but the other thing is, this idea of it's not going to happen to me. People think that until it does. And yeah. then when you're in the middle of it and you realize you're unprepared, yeah, I never would have thought somebody would have punched a provider yeah. in the face. But it happened. And so now I've got our IT guy putting together one heck of a surveillance package mm-hmm. um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna catch it on camera and we're gonna prosecute you there. Yeah. I I have no mercy for anybody that punches one of my providers. So let's go to break. We'll be back. We're gonna talk a little more about other places that this happens. Here we go. 
Folks, if you're looking for a primary care provider for yourself or your children or your family members, Right Care Primary Care, located in the Kroger Shopping Center off James Campbell, is accepting new patients. We take all insurances, and our providers will sit down and listen to you and help get to the bottom of your health care needs. If you're tired of being rushed in and out of the office and being treated like a number, come see us at the Right Care Primary Care Clinic. Myself and Kelly Kelly will be glad to take care of you and get you back on track to getting the right care now. One-stop shopping. That's why so many people shop Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat of Columbia. As the number one volume CDJR dealer in Tennessee, we offer the largest selection of new Ram, Jeep, Dodge, and Chrysler vehicles. And when you have the largest selection of new, you have the largest selection of used, too. Combine that with state-of-the-art fast, accurate service, and you've got Tennessee's number one volume dealer. Shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net. Middle Tennessee's Ram Truck and Jeep Headquarters. You can count on us. Based on combined retail and fleet sales, is awarded by Chrysler in the state of Tennessee in 2019. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. I love this station. Absolutely love the station. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best, best, best. It is the best station. (laughs) You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, presented by Right Care. Speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Hell, I'm a legend of my own. All right, guys, we're wrapping up here. Last segment, go home segment, as we call it in wrestling. Um, the. Um, that's a dirty word these days. By the way, Ric Flair is going to be in Nashville and Franklin this week. Uh, hashtag helicopters, all I'll say. <laughs> so, all right, look. So, ER we talked about have has a lot of this because there's so there's such a volume going through. Um, you know, American Academy of Emergency Physicians did a survey. Eighty six percent of providers and nurses reported having had some sort of verbal harassment in the er i can't tell you how many times i've been cussed called fat called all kinds of stuff 
Um, and the, you know, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Summer Hunter, God bless her, I love her to death. She, do you know Summer? She teaches. Her yeah. mother is Herschel Hunter, and Herschel has been in the school system for a long time. She's at, she's the dean of something at Mount Pleasant right now. But um, I got this young black male in one time during the fair. I always hated the fair for lots of reasons, but mainly because all kinds of crazy stuff happened. Same reason I always left town during Mule Day. Um, when right mm-hmm. care is always closed on mule day because I, I don't want any part of that. And thankfully WrestleMania, when I would go to WrestleMania, um, it always fell on mule day weekend. So I was out of town, <laughs> you know, good luck guys. See you next week. Um, but, uh, this guy came in and he had done something and got thrown off a Ferris wheel, like was drunk and stood mm. up and okay. you know, drunk people rarely hurt themselves because they become extremely limber. You know, and not, that's not saying they don't ever hurt themselves, but they have a little protective mechanism. They, and if they do, they probably don't feel it. And they do not feel it, which is why you have to wait until they're sober to discharge them. <laughs> Contrary to one of my favorite people on earth, you got to wait till they're sober to discharge them. Saying <laughs> all the textbooks. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's not a dice I want to roll, you know. But, um, he was like, man, I want something for pain, blah, blah. I said, all right, boss, look, we got to get you checked out. And then I'll get you something for pain. And he was like, you're a racist. I said, sir, do you see that big, beautiful black lady right there? That's my wife. I'm pointing at Summer. He said, uh, can we start over? I said, sure. Let's start over. I'm going to walk back out. I'm going to come back in. We'll just start off fresh. Great visit yeah. for him. You know, <laughs> He just needs a start over. But, you know, sometimes you got to give patients the opportunity to say, all right, I messed up. You know, and that mm-hmm. decreases because once they feel embarrassed or once they feel humiliated, that ticks that anger on up sometimes when you've when you've taken a shot at their ego. Um, sexual harassment in the ER. Listen, this idea that nurses are there for you to say really gross and disgusting things to is wrong. And I guarantee you, if you say something to my daughter when she's an NP, she's probably going to handle it really well because she's been raised to not identify her worth and not and not associate her self-worth with her appearance. And this idea that nurses are there to be touched and groped and all this is garbage. You know, those nurse costumes that... Halloween are just ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. So what, whoever came up with that, they were wrong. I can assure you there's not a nurse out there who wants to sleep with you as an ER patient or as a med surge patient or any patient. They are hungry. They haven't peed all day and they probably didn't get much sleep. So there's nothing unique. And they know more about you than they want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing unique about your uh, body that they haven't seen a thousand times. So there's that. Um, so and then physical violence, 11 percent reported it. Uh, it's underreported. It just is. People don't want to report it. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to spend the time filling out all this paperwork. So they just move on. And some organizations encourage you not to do something. Because they worry about their public persona. Well, you know what? If your public persona is that you let your staff get abused, guess what's going to keep happening? And then one day they're a staff member is going to get killed. And it's too late then to say, oh, well, we should have had a better policy. You know, 
you have to have a zero tolerance for aggression and violence towards your staff, period. If there's a family member that's being aggressive, you quit talking to them. Just hang up the phone. It's real easy. Hang it up. Because nobody deserves to be yelled at and cussed at. They just don't. Um, women's health care, we talked about that. Labor and delivery, emotional charge issues surrounding pregnancy and childbirth. ICU, because the ICU cares for, again, critically care people. Those patient, those family members may be extremely distraught, stressed out. And you got to know, sometimes you've got family members that normally don't go around each other. But when granny's sick and is in the ICU, granny loves all of them. And so you've got a lot of conflict there. I, I always, you know, my family was pretty fractured um, because I was adopted. My biological grandmother and that family didn't talk to my adopted family, even though they were related. <laughs> but the person who brought those people together was Abby. When Abby was born, my adopted dad started talking to his sister he hadn't talked to in 20 years because here was Abby. You know, it was my, mm-hmm. it was his sister's great granddaughter and his granddaughter. That's how weird my family tree is. So we'll just leave it there. It's more like a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's a family Ferris wheel. Um, you know, neonatal and pediatric ICUs, think about it. Custody issues. You got a sick kid and here shows dad and mom and they're fighting over, you know, who's the decision maker and, yeah. Same thing at school, actually. Somebody once told me, a uh, principal told me that the SRO program started because of custody issues. Yes. I don't know if that's true or not, but that, that in was, Tennessee, yeah, that, that was one of the big things. One of the, one of the big things uh, is because we would have parents showing up at the same time saying, they're going with me. No, they're going with me. Uh, and we're like... Teachers don't need to be in the middle yeah, of we, this. You know, and... and and things did and get it's out still of a hand. civil issue. Yeah, and and know. things did get out of hand. And, and by the time the police got there, of course, it was really out of hand and, and stuff right. like that. So they started stationing. That and you also had the you know the occasional scuffle between students, and, and usually teachers can handle those fairly well. Uh, uh, as we were talking off off air, most most scuffles between students are they don't they're just doing it because they don't want to lose face and they'll That's find, all they'll, show. they'll find a way out one That's way right. or the other but my daddy uh, had an old saying that one's scared and the other one's glad of it yeah you but uh, and, but occasionally there was those that that didn't you know or both of them would decide no i've got to make a stand here um but uh but yeah the the, the sro situation uh came about because we face teachers would have faced similar situations as far as you know custody situations or uh uh emotional you know people are upset with 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 what's happening and uh you know you're messing with my kid now right you know and you know i'm kind of like ma'am i've got 78 others as well that i'm worried about you know there's yes i love your kid because i wouldn't be in this job they don't pay me enough not to but at the same time no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not out to get your kid. Right. Right. <laughs> well, the other thing, and back to reporting it is, you know, employers they need to pay staff to go to court. You know, you're taking time mm-hmm. out of your day. It's work related. Pay them to go because you know what? If you send a strong message that we do not put up with abuse of our staff, it stops. We went several times, and guess what? It stopped for a while. And again, there's no amount of money worth your staff being hurt. Uh, parking lots and exterior areas, um, 
you know, that's where nursing nursing staff and other providers get hurt sometimes. Sometimes patients wait around and they'll they'll say, "I'll get you after work." You got to go home sometime. Yeah. And uh, you know, that lady beating on the glass said that. And I thought I feel bad for you if you do that to one of these mm-hmm. girls cuz um I can tell you right now, Jeanette <laughs> Dwayne's wife, not the one. <laughs> Crystal, not the one. Kelly, not the one. You know, Akia, definitely not the one. Um, you know, I just, you know, but people do that, you know, and that's one reason why sometimes, you know, it's hard for healthcare people to go out in public because you're going to get, you may get called out because somebody thinks you did something wrong and they want to make a scene and they don't understand you're just there to get groceries. You know, you're not there to have a big discussion about their care. And you can't. And that's the other point I wanted to make. We cannot even acknowledge, and this is where HIPAA needs to be reformed, and it's H-I-P-A-A to all the HIPAA experts out there that spell it HIPPO. And it's not an air filter either. It's not a HEPA. So there's that. But, you know, HIPAA was designed to protect people's privacy, right? But if you go on social media and you say Coach Mike's clinic did X, Y, and Z, and all of that is untrue, Mike, you can't go on there and say that is untrue. That is a HIPAA violation according to the Office of Civil Rights. Who enforces it? That's not what it was intended to do. You should be able to defend Mm -hmm. yourself against untruths. And what the OCR says is, well, you could you can just sue them civilly. Okay, yeah, I got two years to waste to get a yeah. judgment from somebody who doesn't have a pot to pee in. Like it's just insane. Believe nothing you read on social media about a business, because the people that take to social media could have called. Now, if they say, I called and this happened, that's a different story. But if their first step is to go on social media and rant, they should have called. I ranted about Kroger's the other day, but it's because I called and they said, too bad, so sad. What? But you know what? I got groceries from Kroger's this week, so you know it passed. <laughs> It'll pass. Home care. Think about that. Home health people. I mean, that's why we stopped yes. doing home visits. I went in a house. This very large man, bigger than me, stood in front of the door and said, I need some pain pills. And I was there seeing his father. What was I to do? I had a pregnant nurse with me. I said, well, you know what? I left my script pad in the car. So I sent my nurse out. She went out, got in the truck, was safe. And I said, you know what? I don't have a pen. I'm going to have to go out and get the pen. And we took off. And that was the last home visit we did as far as me and that nurse. Now, with COVID, we reintroduced that. But Yeah. And the sad part about that is that the one who needed the help. There are people help, who need it. The yeah. one who needed the help did not get the help because whoever, son, right. son brother, whoever it was. Acted a fool, acted, yeah, as my daddy would say. Yeah, acted a jerk. And, and now, you know, now, now here's somebody who needed, probably needed the help, not getting it. Right. You know, what contributes to it? Short staffing. Not enough staff, not enough security folks. I say that over and over. I think security at all hospitals are overworked. They're, they have expectations given to them that just aren't realistic. You know, they have to round over all these 
floors and you know it happens and, and you know right here in in murray county it had a situation where a husband thought that this nurse was messing with this doctor and he called in a drunken stupor and left this drunken message that he wanted to talk to the doctor well that put everybody on alert because that guy had guns and he was drunk you know people get crazy ideas yeah. in their head um you know when we talk about who does this or let me go back to what else contributes to it. Poor self-care. People start saying this is part of the job. It is not part of your job to be abused. And if that's an expectation of your employer, leave. Get a job where they don't think you should be abused because if they let patients abuse you, they'll abuse you. As far as scheduling and pay and mm-hmm. and short staffing and things like that. Um, poor policies for organizations zero tolerance for violence zero tolerance for violence against your staff you got to have it if somebody starts cussing your staff put them out if unless they're medically unstable that's a different story but then figure out how you decompress that staff member how you do a intervention or debriefing after that has happened um fear retribution you know some i I worked with a nurse who was hurt by a patient. That patient was not mentally ill. They were hurt by a mean person. And the place I worked told them, if you sue them, we will fire you. If you have them arrested, we will fire you. Because that's not the image we want them. We want in the community. Well, too bad, pal. I've started a nonprofit. LegalZoom's doing it right now. Stop Violence Against Nurses. It's for all health care providers. I just had to pick a name people would remember. Somebody put a hand up. I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, what is this? Somebody's trolling us. Your hand. Oh, I know what it is. I raised my hand, and so the iPad saw it. That's what it was. Look, if I put my thumb up, does it pop up? Um, Wow. Y'all, this iPad's new. Um, The other thing is not prosecuting people. If you let one person do it, it, the word will get out. It's just like new clinics. If they write narcotics, the word gets out. Go to this place for narcotics. So if you allow your staff to be abused, the word will get out. But if you have some people arrested, the word will also get out. They're not playing with you at right care. They're not playing with you at right care. So, um, you know, just be safe, folks. Um, you know, thankfully, Bill Lee signed uh, State Bill uh, Senate Bill 15 into law, 39-13-116. If you hurt a nurse or a first responder seriously, it's a felony now. Um, and I like those minimum uh, or mandatory time in jail because that gives you some time to sit and think about it. And, you know, stop hurting the people that are there to help you because... We're the people that run toward the flames while everybody else is running out. And we don't need to dodge punches and kicks on the way to get to helping somebody. So thanks for all everybody does. Um, There are heroes out there every day. You don't know what those folks went through before they got to work that day. Um, And they could be coming to work emotionally broken already. So we'll see you all next week. Uh, We'll be remote from... uh, Wherever, huh? <laughs> this water park. I'm, I'm going to tell them I'm allergic to water. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. But I'm not for everyone.